0: Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Matthew 14, 22. I'm gonna be preaching from a familiar text this morning. Never have actually uh, preached from this text before, just because it's so common. But how many of you know you can God's Word is so powerful. You can hear a dozen different messages from the same text and get a different perspective every time. That's how deep God's Word is. So if you would allow me to, I know you've heard this story, but if you would allow me to give you a different perspective today. And don't uh, just think, well, I I already heard this before. I know this. I know you know it. But you're going to hear a different perspective today. Matthew 14 22, starting about 22, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on the other side, go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Verse 25, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, talking about the disciples, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Uh, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Verse 29, come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for your word. And, Lord, we know that your word never comes back void, so your word will accomplish what it set out to do. Let our minds and our hearts be open to receive it now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated uh, this morning. How many are ready for the word today? You ready for the word? I'm not going to be long, I promise. I promise, I'm going to try not to be long, because I know at 11, 11 o'clock service, uh, you know, you, you all are waiting for lunch already. You know, how many people, you're already hungry? Huh? Some. Okay, don't lie. It's okay. I, I am too. I am too. How many are hungry for the Word, though? Come on, you, you haven't been in church all week. Let's get into this this morning. Uh, in, in the, the um, opening text, it's amazing that Jesus, who was 100% God and 100% man... Uh, was able to walk on water, but Peter was one hundred percent ordinary, and he was able to do so as well and The fact that God can do extraordinary things with ordinary people to me is encouraging because more often uh, more more times than, than not, I feel more ordinary than extraordinary. How many you know what i 'm talking about you, do, you ever feel just an ordinary? But ordinary does not disqualify you from the extraordinary things of God. The truth is, everyone has a seed of extraordinary potential within them. Do you know that you have more potential in your life than you could ever discover on your own? 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, this. I'm reading the Passion Translation. This is why the Scriptures say, Things never discovered or heard before things beyond our ability to imagine, these are the many things that God has in store for all of His lovers. So as much as God has in store for you, as much extraordinary potential you have within you, extraordinary living begins outside of your comfort zone. The faith zone, not the safe zone, is where you will discover your potential. See, Peter discovered that he could Walk on water in a storm. That's not, not a swimming pool. In a storm. See, and that, that's an extraordinary accomplishment, whether it was an, in a pool or if it was on a lake. But, but Peter learns how he, he discovers his potential in an uncomfortable situation. Now, in an uncomfortable situation, that's where you begin to discover who you really are and discover who God is in your life. Now, I don't know about you, I like to be comfortable. How many of you like to be comfortable here? I like to be comfortable. I don't like to be in in uncomfortable situations. But the reality is, the way God works and the way that you are going to discover more about who you are is in an uncomfortable situation. The more you'll learn more about yourself when you are pressed, when you are squeezed, when you are challenged in any other time in your life. See, when we try living life managing fear, we, we learn to manage fear in our life. We're good at fear management. We, we minimize opportunities to be uncomfortable. Now, there's some people that are adrenaline junkies, and they, they love to jump off bridges and, and all that stuff. That, those guys are a, an anomaly. That's, that's not normal. Those folks aren't normal. That ain't me. But when, when we try to man, manage fear and minimize opportunities to allow our faith to work, because we are in an uncomfortable situation. What we are also doing is we are living blind to the potential that's within inside of us. Just to give you some background, Jesus sent the disciples into a boat. Matthew 14, 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the what? To the other side. So he sent them into the boat. They were doing whose will? Jesus' will, not their own. Jesus wanted them to get into the boat. Now, did Jesus know that they were going to encounter some trouble? Of course he did. He was God. He is God. He was fully aware. I don't believe that he caused the storm. But he sent them in the boat to the storm Because he knew that he had authority over it. But they encounter some rough waters. But the Bible says that he sent them to go to the what? To the other side. It didn't say that he sent them to sink. It doesn't say that he sent them to to cause a storm so that he would teach them a lesson. No. It says that he sent them in the boat to go to the other side. Well, he could have stopped it. But why didn't he? Because they would have missed an extraordinary revelation of who God is. You can't get an extraordinary revelation of God in an ordinary circumstance. Do we say, God, I want to know you more. God, I want you to do this. I want you to blow my mind away. Be careful what you're praying for because you're not going to get that kind of revelation in an ordinary circumstance. You're going to go through some things. You're going to go through some battles. You're going to go through some tough stuff. You're going to travel through some rough waters. Why? Because you can't get an extraordinary revelation of God in an ordinary circumstance. Verse 23, after he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray Later that night, he was there alone. So Jesus sends him on the boat. He's praying. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So they were getting pounded. They were getting battered, but they were following God's will. You know, sometimes God's will doesn't look like God's will. Let me say that again. Sometimes God's will doesn't look like God's will, and as I said before, I know, I don't believe that Jesus caused the storm to teach them a lesson, but Jesus will use a storm. Jesus will use what the enemy is 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 using against you, and he will get glory out of it. So they are struggling, they are agonizing, they are they are they are being. Uh, uh, Battered by the waves. You ever feel like you are just being battered? You are in a situation where you are just being beaten up? And the Bible says in in Matthew 14, 25, and in the what? The fourth what? Watch. In the fourth watch, he came to them walking on the sea. Now let me talk about that for a moment. The Romans divided the the night into four watches. And the Jews adopted the same concept. The first watch was from 6 to 9 p.m., which was the evening. The second watch was from 9 p.m. until midnight. The third watch was from midnight until 3. The fourth watch was from 3 a.m. until 6 a.m. So the fourth watch was the last watch before the break of the day. It was the darkest hour of the night before the dawn. Now, the disciples leave in the evening time, because Jesus just fed the the multitude of 5,000, fed them at dinner time, not at breakfast, lunch, it was in the evening. So the disciples get a revelation of Jesus in the fourth watch. They've been struggling for over nine hours, being battered and beaten by the winds, and finally Jesus shows up right before the break of the dawn in the darkest hour. Now some of you have been faithful to God, but you've been struggling in the fourth watch of your situation. I want you to understand, I came to tell you this morning that there's something new. There is a new day on the horizon. There is something new that Jesus is about to do in your life. Hold on. Do not jump ship. Do not give up. Do not turn back. Jesus is about to give you another revelation of who he is in your storm. Amen. You are about to get a new revelation in your life. So the disciples see Jesus walking on the water. They get I'm just paraphrasing real quick. You, we, we can bring up the scripture, verse 27. They're afraid. They, say G, they see Jesus walking on, on the water. They think it's a ghost. Jesus assures them, right? You know the story. Jesus is, is assures them uh, that who he is. And then Peter gets an interesting idea. Peter was always the impulsive one. I love Peter. I mean, he, he, just, he just was impulsive at times. And uh, Peter gets this interesting idea. Peter has this idea and this desire To do the same thing that he sees Jesus doing. Now, 1428, verse 28 says, Lord, if if it's you, Peter replied, Tell who? Tell me. Is that scripture up there? Okay. You can read it with me. Tell who? Tell me. He didn't say, tell my posse to come to you. He says, tell me to come to you. So Peter's one of those folks that invites himself over your house. He's one of those guys that invites him. You ever have friends like that? They just invite themselves, right? Where are you going after church? Oh, I'm going here. Let me come with you. They they, they just invite themselves. Peter does not see, Peter sees something extraordinary from Jesus. And instead of Peter waiting for an invitation, Peter invites himself to go out on the water and he wants to know if it's okay with Jesus. See, some of you are waiting on God to do the extraordinary, but God is waiting on you. If you want to do the extraordinary in life, you're going to have to initiate it. Initiate. Extraordinary. So are you waiting on an invitation right now from God to do something great in your life? Are you waiting for God to call you? God, call my name. Call me. Give me a prophetic word. When that person comes up, have me stand up. Have me walk up to the front. God, call me. See, a lot of times we are waiting for God to call us out to do something. You understand that God has already called you? You, you, you realize that when, when Jesus and Pastor Dan was talking about greater things, when, when Jesus said that you would do greater things, that is already an invitation in your life. But see, we have to be the ones that initiate the first step. Now, my question is, is this to you. What are you doing to take the first step toward the desires in your heart? You see, you don't need an invitation to do the extraordinary. You need an imagination. And Peter says, look at, in verse 20, he says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the what? On the water. He doesn't say, tell me to bring my boat over. He says, tell me to come to you on the water. So Peter's request of Jesus was a reflection Of of his imagination. See, some, some people wait for God to give them a dream. But what God has given you is a brain. What God has given you is an imagination so that you can dream up his vision for your life. And what happens in life is we don't have a godly imagination to start seeing possibilities in our life. So we want God to give us everything, even a dream. Now God has a dream for you folks. But God plants his dreams inside of your heart. What do you imagine yourself doing? Now some of us we're just trying to imagine paying rent. We're just trying to imagine buying a house in the Silicon Valley. That's all good. That, that's cool. But but what beyond that, what do you imagine yourself doing? What do you imagine yourself doing in this world? What do you imagine yourself doing five, ten years from now? What do you imagine for your legacy? Are you just trying to make ends meet? Are you just trying to pay bills? Are you just trying to survive? Are you just trying to get by? Or do you imagine yourself doing something great in this world? Do you want to leave your mark? See, what keeps us from leaving our boat which is our comfort zone is the misuse of our imagination see Peter had to see something that Jesus was doing when he walked on that water and he, something on the inside of him leaped and he was like dude I want to do what he's doing and I bet the other 11 disciples probably crossed their mind for a moment I had to, to believe that I mean When you see somebody doing some cool stuff, don't you like, dude, I want to do that, right? At least I do, unless they're jumping off a building. I'm like, that ain't cool. But Peter had to have seen it first. He had to have had the desire first before he even asked himself. When you talk yourself out of possibilities, it's the wrong use of your imagination. So when you imagine failure, when you imagine everything that could go wrong, when you imagine things not working out for your life, when you imagine you not getting any further in this life, that is the wrong use of your imagination. God did not give you an imagination to limit you. He gave you an imagination to launch you. See, Peter's request was all about what was in his heart? Because Jesus is never the one to initiate the idea to Peter. He may have inspired it, may have inspired it, but he was never. It was never Jesus' idea to tell Peter first to come out. See, some of you you're waiting for an invitation from God. You're waiting for your phone to ring. You have dreams and desires in your heart. There's things that you want to do for God. There's desires that you have. There's things that that you have a vision for. And you're waiting for your, your, your phone to ring. You're waiting for a letter to come in the mail. You're waiting for some random stranger to come up to you and say, Hey, you know, I don't know who you are, but I want you to do this for me. I want you to go here. I want you to... Those things don't ever really happen, folks. See, what happens is God... Begins to, to do things in our life. And be, begins to draw us out to things. Begins to, to inspire us to do things. But we have to take the first step. Now 14, Matthew 14, 29. Look at what Jesus says. Look at how Jesus responds to Peter's request. He says one word. Matthew 14, 29. What word is that? He says what? Come. Then Peter what? Got down. Out of the boat. How many words, depending on your, your, uh, your translation this morning, but let's work with mine because it works. How many words did Jesus use? One word. One word is all it took. One word was all it took for Peter to step out of that boat. Now, let me ask you a question. How many more words does God need to give you to get you to step out and do something? How many more prophetic words? How many more confirmations? How many pep talks with your friends? How many more motivational speakers? How many quotes on Instagram or social media? What else do you need? How many things does God need to say to get you to get up and get out of your comfort zone? What else does God need to do to get you to move? One word, literally. Now, if you're reading another translation, one sentence, but it doesn't go beyond that. One word from Jesus. And Peter got out of the what? The boat. If you want to do the extraordinary, you have to step out on a word from God. How many of you know that that water is formless? Water is liquid. There's nothing stable about water. But the Word of God became, the Word of Jesus became the foundation that Peter walked on. And he walked on places that he should have never been walking. You see, when you step out on a word, you begin to take dominion over places that you should not even have dominion over. But you have to step out on a word. So he initiated the idea that he saw in his imagination. He asked God. God confirmed what was in his heart. And then he took a step of faith and he walked it out. That's the way it works, folks. You step out on a word. And some of us were waiting for another word, waiting for one more prophet, waiting for one more quote, waiting for somebody else to speak to us. I got news for you. If you would step out with the word that you have, you would see that God is faithful to that word, and God will do what he said that he was going to do in your life. Now, Matthew 14, 29, Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and he came toward Jesus. Who got out of the boat? I'm sorry. I, I know there's more of you today. How many? Who got out of the boat? Thank you, Dave. Let's try the rest of them. Who got out of the boat? Peter. Did the, did, did the other disciples get out? No. How many other disciples were in the boat? Eleven. Good. You're good with math. We know there was 12. You take away one. That leaves us with 11. That's good. That's good. We're on to something this morning. Eleven other people witnessed the miracle. But they did not experience it for themselves. So they saw it with their own eyes. They probably took out their phones. Well, they, they would have had phones. They would have recorded it. They would have put that all over. It would have went viral. I'm telling you, folks, it would have went viral. That would have been the video of the year. Okay? But 11 other people witnessed. They were in the moment. They witnessed the miracle, but they did not experience it for themselves. Why? Because the miracle took place outside of the boat. See, some of you are waiting for a miracle right now. There's a dream. There's a vision in your heart. There's things that you want to do, but the miracle is not going to happen in your boat. The miracle is not going to happen within your comfort zone. There are some things that that God has placed in your heart. And it's not that we don't know what to do, folks. It's that, that's not the hard thing. Because we know what God has planted in our heart. It's not what we, what we did because we don't know what to do. It's because what we're afraid to leave behind. And that's the, the ability to be comfortable. The disciples watched Peter walk on water. And I, I understand. We're, I'm going to close right here. Folks, I'm going to close right here. Be patient. I know that Peter got afraid. We, we know that he got afraid and he, he started to sink. I understand that. You you, you you know the story, right? He He got afraid, but he still walked on water. He still did something that only him and Jesus were, they were the only ones that were able to do it. He, yeah, I know he got afraid and we can talk about his doubt. We can talk about his fear, but I want to talk about the fact That he is the one that walked on water. Now, I need you to understand some of your greatest mistakes will be the mistakes you never made, not the ones that you failed at, the things that you failed to do because there was fear in your heart. Don't miss your moments. Because the disciples never got the moment back. The moment was there. They watched someone else do something extraordinary. And the moment was gone. Don't miss the moment to do something that you could have done. Don't miss out on the opportunity to do something great for God to step out see some of you you're, you're getting ready to leave the boat you're getting ready to leave the boat your comfort zone because you're tired of watching everyone else do the extraordinary you're, you're tired of just watching Peter walk on water And you're like, you know what, man? Shh. I'm tired of sitting in this boat. It's comfortable. It's safe. Because out of the boat, it's intimidating, folks. It's intimidating. It's scary. But if you're not doing anything that scares you, then you're not living up to your true potential. If your life is so predictable that you don't even need faith, then you're not living with your true potential this morning. If every day is the same and you're not growing in revelation, you're not, you're not putting yourself in an opportunity where you have to have faith or you're going to sink, then you're missing out on the extraordinary life because that's the life that God has designed you to live, the life of faith. The more comfortable you make yourself, the more blind you are to who you really are. The more blind you are to what God can do in you. This morning, you have two choices. You can either step out or you can stay put. You can either be like the other 11 and watch other people do great things for God Live an extraordinary life. You can put yourself where you're gonna be afraid. And I'm telling you, some of the, the, the greatest opportunities have been the most fearful ones. Where man, I can't sleep, stomachs and knots. Been in situations like, man, I don't know how I'm gonna do this, Lord. But that's the only way to live. That's the only way to live, folks. That's that's the only way. When when God comes through and you accomplish something and you do something and you see God work, that's the only way to live. How boring it is to only do what you know that you can do. It's time for you to leave your boat because it's limiting you. You've outgrown it. You've outgrown who you are. God is saying, I want you to step out. I want you to live what's inside of you. I want you to stand with me this morning. The only one that's limiting your life this morning is you. It's not God. And it's not even the devil. We give the devil too much credit. The truth is, a lot of folks in church are doing the devil's job for him. You know why? Because they're talking themselves out of what they can be doing. The devil don't even have to do that. And when we speak those things in our life, and we speak fear into our lives, and we receive it, all we do is we continue to stay in the boat, and we travel, we journey in life. Well, God is trying to get you out of the boat. This morning, some of you have been dealing with fear, and your fear, that anxiety has gripped your life. Let me tell you something. That fear, you you may always have to battle with it. It doesn't have to have dominion over you. But you may always be in a situation when you're challenged that you're going to have to face fear. It's why God told Joshua, be strong and what? Courageous. Be strong and courageous. That means it was a choice. Be strong and courageous. You're going to be in situations when you're going down the the, the plan of God, the purpose of God. There's going to be opportunities for you to feel afraid. But you have to be strong. And you have to be courageous. I want to pray with folks. I'm not going to have you raise your hands today. I want to pray with folks today. I'm going to ask you to step out. That know that it's time for you to get out of your boat. You've been too comfortable and fear's been limiting you. Come on, this is a new day for you. This is a new day. As you begin to to make the first step, there's some new opportunities that are about to be opened up to your life, there's some new doors that are about to be opened up in your life. But you have to make the first step. We're waiting. God, open the door. No, you must make the first step. And as you begin to make that first step, God begins to open up new opportunities for your life. But how much longer are you going to wait? Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook. At Facebook dot com forward slash CWC Bay Area.